From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday, the 23rd of November, 2022. Good afternoon. Today, we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court ruling about Scotland's independence referendum. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and discussing why Owen Paterson is back in the UK news. But first, the Supreme Court ruling. In a major decision this morning, the UK Supreme Court has ruled that Scotland cannot hold a second independence referendum without permission from the UK government. Scotland's First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, from the pro-independent Scottish National Party, said she was disappointed by the ruling and that it exposes any notion of the UK as a voluntary partnership as a myth and also makes the case for independence. Nevertheless, the court sided with the UK government over the Scottish government. So how did we get here? In 2014, after years of increasing electoral success for the pro-independent Scottish National Party, a referendum on Scottish independence was held with the consent of the UK government. Ultimately, Scots voted to stay in the United Kingdom, but a lot has changed since 2014. Most notably, the UK as a whole voted to leave the European Union in 2016, though Scotland itself voted to remain. This prompted a renewed push for another independence vote in Scotland, despite the 2014 referendum being a once-in-a-generation vote. As four successive Conservative Prime Ministers have rejected calls for another referendum, Scotland's First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, asked the Supreme Court to decide on whether the Scottish Parliament could legislate to hold another independence referendum, without permission from the UK government. The UK government argued that Scotland does not have this power because the Scotland Act of 1998 sets out reserved matters, which are powers reserved for the UK government and not Scotland, which includes matters relating to the Union of the Kingdoms of Scotland and England and the Parliament of the United Kingdom. The Scottish government's argument was that a referendum on independence would be consultative and not self-executing and therefore, under the Scotland Act of 1998, was within the legislative competence of the Scottish Parliament. But this argument did not win over the Supreme Court, which unanimously agreed with the UK government. It said that it is clear that the Scottish Government's proposed referendum bill has more than a loose or consequential connection with the reserved matters at hand, given that while a referendum would have no immediate legal consequences, it would be a political event with important political consequences. The Supreme Court also rejected the Scottish Government's argument relating to the right to self-determination under international law. The court said the right to self-determination is not an issue here, as this right under international law applies in situations of former colonies or where a people is oppressed, or where a definable group is denied meaningful access to government. The court said this was not true of Scotland. So, where do things go from now? Nicola Sturgeon had planned to hold a Scottish independence referendum on the 19th of October 2023, if the court had ruled in her favour. But don't expect a Catalonia-style wildcat referendum. Sturgeon made clear that she only wanted to hold a lawful constitutional referendum. She said if the court ruled against her, as it now has, then her Scottish National Party would use the next general election as a de facto referendum by fighting the campaign on one single question. Should Scotland become an independent country? 
exactly how this would work, whether it would work, whether they would win that election, and exactly what happens after remains to be seen. While independent supporters are disappointed by their defeat in the UK's highest court, it's clear that their campaign continues, albeit on a longer-term basis than they'd hoped for. One SNP Member of Parliament said the court's clear answer meant that the question of Scottish independence had been moved back into the political court. OK, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Brazil's outgoing president, Jair Bolsonaro, is challenging the result of the election he lost to his left-wing rival, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, last month. He argues that votes from some machines should be invalidated, building on his pre-election claims that Brazil's electronic voting system was insecure. According to Reuters, the Supreme Court Justice, who leads the Electoral Court, said Bolsonaro's coalition had 24 hours to present its full audit of October's election, or else his challenge would be rejected. Realistically, his claim is unlikely to get far. Lula's victory has been acknowledged by international leaders, Brazil's top politicians, and, crucially, Brazil's superior electoral court. Following Lula's victory, Bolsonaro remained silent for about two days and still has not publicly conceded, but eventually authorised his staff to begin preparing for the transition of government. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. It's been reported today that Cabinet Office Briefing Room A, or COBRA, meetings have been held by the UK government over the harsh winter the country is heading into. There are concerns in central government over energy shortages, public sector strikes, NHS pressures, unexpected floods and a potential escalation in the war in Ukraine, all of which could result in this winter being one of the worst in recent memory. COBRA is in the process of performing stress tests for each of these scenarios. In the COBRA meeting, Rishi Sunak emphasised how difficult winter would be. The official readout from the meeting stated that the Prime Minister said this would be a challenging period for the country caused by the aftershocks of the global pandemic and the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Italy's new government has resurrected plans to build a bridge connecting the island of Sicily with mainland Italy. It would be a hugely ambitious engineering project, as the proposed 5km suspension bridge would have the longest central span in the world. Plans for the bridge have been around for a long time, but the idea was killed off in 2006, then revived by Silvio Berlusconi in 2009 before being killed off again in 2013. Currently, cars, trucks and trains have to cross the Strait of Messina using a regular ferry service. Proponents say the rail and road connection would be a boom to the economy and help reduce inequality between the south and wealthier north. Critics question whether it's necessary and point to the potential cost, environmental impact and the wisdom of building such a large bridge in an earthquake-prone area. Giorgia Maloney, who leads Italy's new right-wing coalition government, will look to Europe for help with financing the multi-billion euro project. In the last uplifting story today, we have a look at the UK's monkeypox vaccine. It has today been demonstrated by the Health Security Agency that the vaccine is about 78% effective after 14 days. This is the strongest evidence so far of the effectiveness of the monkeypox vaccine. Additionally, more than 55,000 doses of the monkeypox vaccine have been delivered so far.
That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of why Owen Paterson is back in the news, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.